What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys, Five Movies. This is your one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pellicone. And this is going to be a short episode as we introduce a new concept that Frank created. We're calling it Quick Cage. And it is going to cover one movie a week of Nicolas Cage's filmography. So, Frank, I'm going to throw it to you. This was an idea that you've come up with in the past couple of weeks. So, what I want to know is, <laughs> how did you come up with this idea why have you decided to do this and how lonely are you? <laughs> um, so I guess pretty lonely. I don't know. <laughs> like my kid went back to college last week, so I got like nothing to do in my evenings now. Um, Those two things did coincide actually. Yeah. No, it really was it. that night that I started like, yeah. So I was flipping through um, prime uh, prime video one night. Just trying to find something to watch, <clears throat> just randomly, and I went to the um, action adventure, and I was like scrolling through, and I realized that I had seen already like five Nicolas Cage movies pop up that I had no idea existed, so I decided just to pick one randomly and watch it, which is one we're going to talk about tonight, but I started thinking like, man, like maybe I should just watch all of Nicolas Cage's filmography. And then, like, we can do these, like, 10 to 15-minute segments where we just talk about, like, one of the movies a week and, like, how ridiculous it is. Because most of them are, like, a lot of the ones in the past 10 years especially are just direct-to-video things that he did. And most of them involve him getting revenge on somebody for something. But then there's a bunch of weird, like, pseudoscience, like, I don't know, what do you want to call them? Sci-fi thriller fantasies or something? I don't know. So, so <coughs> I've watched like nine Nicolas Cage movies in the past week and a half, just full disclosure. No, the past week, I guess, really. Alcohol was involved in this, correct? Yeah, Some maybe degree. I was drinking. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, because I don't work on Mondays, so, and I don't think, it couldn't have been, it, it, no, I don't know, who knows? I was probably drinking. How many, how, how many movies does Nicolas Cage have? Oh my God, it's like 109 or something like that. It's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah, and he yeah. he just he's just done like three in the past like four months. So, or he's had three come out in the past four months, and none of them released theatrically. So I mean, it's it's been a pretty amazing journey. There's only been like one movie so far that just I I just couldn't do. Like it was just too much. Oh. Like I'm gonna have to force myself to finish it. It was really bad. Most of them have, like, some entertaining quality to them. And he, like, runs the gamut in every movie of, like... Like, sometimes he... Like, a couple of the movies, like, his performances have been fantastic. And the movie's just not that great. But, like, sometimes... Oh, my God. His performances can be so bad. But it's just fun. I don't know. It's like... Like, I'm learning a lot about him. Yeah, you've become quite the Nicolas Cage expert, like, recently. You, you have all kinds of Nicolas Cage trivia. I do. 
Like you were telling me what last night that like he's a big star in China. The Chinese love him. It seems. Chinese I mean, like, like he does all these movies that are really successful internationally, and they just get shoved to direct a video or like you know whatever. Like I don't know, I don't know what his last domestic release was. When was the last time you took Nicolas Cage seriously as an actor? <laughs> when did Leaving Las Vegas come out? Ninety five. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> okay. I think. I think I wanted to. Do you like that performance? Sure. Okay. That's, that's, that's a fine movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't seen it it's since like probably 1995. So yeah. I, who knows my pers- number one, I wasn't like a drunk when I first saw that movie. So I have, you know, some, I don't know, like actual experience to like place against like his performance. Um, and also was like hopeful, I guess back then too. <laughs> um, I, you know, I wanted to think he was still going to be really good, like, when he was in The Rock. Right. And, like, then Con Air sort of kind of ruined him a little bit, and then after that it's just been all downhill. Although, like, again, like, I watched a movie this week that I thought he was really good in. Like, I still saw a lot of promise and, like, nuance in his performance. But then I watched another movie this week that contains one of the worst British accents, like, ever put to film. And he's wearing like, like a Klingon hairdo. I don't even know how to explain it. Like it's 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 crazy. Yeah, in some ways, I'm interested maybe in this concept to some degree because I I kind of want to figure out Nicolas Cage a little bit in terms of maybe you through watching these because just for the record i am not watching these movies um i will watch all the movies for the top five i'm not watching these nicholas cage movies but uh i'm interested to see if you maybe can find the pattern of like when he cares and when he doesn't like it seems that there are times that he gives good performances or at least middling performances and there are times where it's just totally out of control and the performance makes no sense whatsoever so i think a lot of it has to do with where his financial situation is in regard to like his back taxes as to whether or not he cares or whether or not he's just gonna like go and do something to get like a few million million dollars to help like you know pay for his private island or whatever mm-hmm. yeah okay all right so the first movie that you wanted to cover tonight is what knowing knowing 2009 2009 yeah okay so so th- what you're going to do here is you're going to walk us through what happens in this movie. Yes. And then you're going to just tell us what you think about it. Yeah. So when when I've described this movie to people just in like a quick synopsis, I've said that it's like, imagine you're watching like a John McTiernan movie that all of a sudden turns into like a Godzilla movie, but Godzilla's on a skateboard and like nothing makes any sense. And that's pretty much like the tone of knowing um the plot revolves around this mysterious letter that this young girl wrote in the 1950s and put in a time capsule that's basically just a series of numbers and Nicolas Cage's deaf and possibly slightly autistic child like becomes a recipient of this letter when they open the time capsule and Cage becomes obsessed with figuring out like what the series of numbers is now Nick Cage in this movie plays a astrophysics professor who's an expert on the sun at some university it's some at boston university even though it's filmed in australia and you can tell it's not boston at all um and one of the better performances of a person that you know has no real 
knowledge of the subject matter that their character is supposed to be. Are you trying to tell me that he doesn't have any understanding of astrophysics? Nick Cage in, in real life? Right. Oh, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't... I'm sure it's not, like, his field of okay. expertise. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, it's a really, like, restrained performance in the beginning where it feels... He feels like a professor, and he feels like he knows what he's talking about, and they don't write it in a way where it's, like... I don't know. Like, a lot of times when you have somebody portraying, like, an expert, it's just... You know, like, whenever you see somebody that's a hacker, there's, like, some ridiculous thing that happens. But it, it's it, it's moderately believable, I suppose. I mean, aside from the fact you know Nicolas Cage, you know that that's not him. Um, so, anyway, so he determines that the sequence of numbers equates to a date and then a number of casualties that happened on that day. And that this girl had predicted, like, all these tragedies that have happened since 1950. I guess sometime in the 50s, because 50 years later. So then he becomes obsessed with figuring out, like, like some of the dates are in the future. So he's trying to, like, stop tragedies from occurring. But they happen anyway, including this one scene where even though he lives in urban Boston, he has to go pick his kid up from school. And he's on this desolate highway because his kid is apparently going to school, like, 20 miles away from his home, which also makes no There's a lot of implausibility in this movie. And he realizes that he, that there's numbers after the casualty number that he can't figure out. And he's sitting there like using his GPS to figure out an alternate route to his kid's school. Cause there's a traffic jam. And he realizes the other numbers are coordinates like lo- um, longitude and latitude coordinates. And that the coordinates are on him like at that moment. So then a plane falls out of the air and like destroys a bunch of cars. And Nicholas Cage is like running around going like, what's going on? What's happening around here? <laughs> And, like, there's all these burning people and, like, people without limbs, like, flailing around on the ground. He's like, I don't understand. Like, what's happening? So, there's also these mysterious albinos that keep appearing to his kid that, like, keep trying to, like, talk to the kid. And he, like, chases him off with a baseball bat. And anyway. So, the, how, how are the uh, albinos dressed? They're wearing all black. But they're, but they're albinos. Albino, yeah. Like, they have hats? No, no, no. Bald? No, no, no. no. They're normal people. That's like... They have, they have, so they have like white hair, white hair, white skin, okay, white, whitish eyes. I don't remember that right. part. That okay, well. I mean it's been a week since I've seen this movie now. Um, so then he finds he finds out like who the girl was that wrote the letter originally, and finds out she's dead. But then finds her daughter, and tries to like trick her daughter into having a conversation with him about it by getting his son to befriend the daughter's daughter at like SeaWorld or something. I don't know. There's some like aquatic park and she gets all pissed off. So then he tells her like something bad is going to happen tomorrow. Your mom predicted it. And then he goes, he calls the FBI and tells them they have to like cordon off an area of New York. So the bad thing doesn't happen. And then just hangs up on him. He's like, FBI, I need you to block off like blah, blah intersection. So he goes to New York at that intersection and he's all confused when the FBI hasn't like jumped to his like request to cordon off this area. So uh, just so I understand, he's an astrophysics professor who just randomly calls the FBI? Yeah, yeah. He just picks up the phone and calls FBI. He has no connection to any government agency, really? Mm-mm-mm. No. No, he just, he's, he just so he's just a citizen. Right, just dialing the FBI up and being like FBI close off okay. close off this block. And he's never he's not told like really he he told his he tells his best friend who's also an astrophysicist, but he's like a practicing astrophysicist. 
Like he works at the conservatory or something. Gotcha. And that guy's like, ah, you're always getting obsessed with something. Get over your wife's death or something like that. Oh, his, his <laughs> wife's dead. Um, that's another part of it is that he's trying to like carry on in like the wake of his wife's death. Right. So anyway, so he goes to New York yelling at this traffic cop. Why isn't this area closed off? You're going to, they're going to blow up this area. And he sees a guy looking shady with a backpack. So he starts chasing the guy down into the subway, being chased by New York cops. And Nick Cage, who's a mid-40s physics professor at Boston University, is outrunning the cops and, like, dodging them and chasing this, like, guy who he thinks has a backpack bomb onto the subway car. So they corner the guy. And the guy's like, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. And, like, bootleg DVDs fall out of his book bag, because I guess that's what he was doing, was selling bootleg DVDs. And the cops are like, oh, there's nothing going on here. And then, like, another subway car derails and, like, kills a bunch of people, like, right next to him. And so that's the thing. So then, I guess the daughter saw this happen on the news and realized that he knew what he was talking about. So when he gets back to New... When he gets back to Boston... She's sitting on his front porch waiting for him with her daughter. And they start talking about, like, the next date is, like, a few days out. And there's, like, no casualty total. So, mind you, by this point, the movie's still, while, like, a little ridiculous, like, kind of is maintaining, like, a theme of, like, a normal movie. So. (laughs) So, they go to the the original like letter writer's house, which is this trailer in the middle of a swamp. So there's a swamp in Boston. Like, I don't even know like how far out in Boston you have to go to get to like the marshland, but I don't, whatever. That's where they go. And the trailer's like all like dilapidated and there's like, um, newspaper clippings like pasted all over the wall or whatever. So they leave their kids in the car in this strange swamp in the middle of the night. And then Nicolas Cage realizes that written on the bottom of, like, the woman's bed, which I don't even remember how that happens because I think I got up to get a drink. Like, they flip the bed up and it just says everyone or something like that. So, like, everyone's going to die. So, what Nicolas Cage deduces is that, oh, no, I'm sorry. So, the albinos show up again and Nicolas Cage chases the albinos into the swamp. And the one albino opens up his mouth and this huge burst of light, like, engulfs him. And he realizes that the sun's going to, like, explode and destroy everyone on Earth. There's going to be a huge solar flare because, obviously, that's his, like, level of expertise is in, like, the sun. So then it turns into this thing where, like, it basically turns into the day after tomorrow at that point where, like, Nicolas Cage is trying to get them to safety to, like, live through the solar flare. So he's like, we got to get in the caves. There's caves outside of town. We got to get down into into the Earth. Are so they, they, are ha- they near the swamps? I don't know. Like everything's around everything in Boston, I guess, because you know it's not like a major city, except or for anything. the kids' school, <clears throat> right? Which is out in like the middle. It, it seriously, it looks like they're driving through like Nebraska. Like when he's <laughs> on the road to go to the kids' school, they like, probably no they probably were actually. No, it was, in, it was a film to entirely in Australia. I oh okay. I did my research. <laughs> I I had to play both roles this time. Remember so. Um. So then, all of a sudden, while they have this plan to go underground, Nicolas Cage like just realizes. If we go underground, the radiation is still going to kill us. We have to figure out where the thing is telling us to go so we can save ourselves. So then the movie turns into this, like, madcap, like, chase sequence because the woman kidnaps his son and flees with him anyway to go to the caves. And he's trying to, like, catch him. 
Oh, because he finds, like, the door in the elementary school where the woman who wrote the letter was when she wrote the letter and deduces that if he, like, gets the paint off of it that he can find, like, the latitude that she carved in with her fingers. Anyway, I don't even know. Like, it's ridiculous. This is getting obnoxious it's, at this point. It's But it's amazing. Like, it's so <laughs> funny. And, like, so the woman... The woman with Cage's son and her daughter goes to the gas station because she's low on gas. And the albinos kidnap the kids in the car and drive off. So she steals someone's car. Double kidnapping. Right. So she steals someone's car and goes chases after him. Meanwhile, Nick Cage is chasing after her. And she gets hit by a tractor trailer and dies. (laughs) So then Nick Cage realizes that he's got it. That that everyone's going to the trailer because that's where the coordinates were is this woman's trailer. So they go back to the trailer, and one of the tropes throughout the movie is that the albinos keep trying to give his son these smooth, like, flat black rocks, and he doesn't know why. So they go to the trailer, and he sees, like, tire tracks, like, leading out into the marsh. So he follows them, and he gets into this place where the whole ground is nothing but these smooth, flat black stones. So, like, that, you know, that ties that up. So the... Little boy and the little girl, his son and her daughter, are standing in the middle, and the albinos are there. And above them is this like swirling gyroscope thing of like energy. And the son's like, They've come to take us away. And Nicholas Cage is like, Oh, all right, let's go. And the albino's like, No, just him. <laughs> and points to the kid. Nick Cage just gets denied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then there's this tearful thing, like where the kid's like, I don't want to leave you, dad. And Nick Cage is like, No. You got to go with them. This is your only chance because the world's about to end. And the kid leaves. And they go with the... So the albinos then transform into these like... Nebulous beings made of stars that are like 40 feet tall with wings. Because I guess they're angels, right? And the swirling gyroscope transforms into a giant crystal... I don't know needle kind of thing and the kids get in it and it blasts off into space and then there's a view from outer space looking down at the earth where there's a bunch of these like crystal like dicks like shooting off into the into the cosmos Uh so then nick cage oh so there's a minor plot point where nick cage doesn't talk to his dad because his dad was like super religious and nick cage is like all empirical science and they can never get along and so he hasn't talked to his dad in like 15 years so he's going back he drives back into boston in his giant like ford f-150 no one else in boston is in a car they're all just running around on the ground like seriously there's no other cars anywhere like he drives on the highway he's driving through the city no one is in a car no one's trying to like go anywhere they're just running back and forth and like looting stores and stuff like that because that's what would happen and nick cage is like honking his horn and like driving through like crowds of people so he gets back to his dad's house and his parents house and his sister's there and they embrace and then the world ends and then the last scene of the movie is the son and his son and her daughter that are now dressed all in these like white like linen like robe things running across this field of wheat towards this glowing tree as you see, like, the other crystal ships, like, hanging up in the air. So, I guess that they're repopulating the world with, like, eight-year-olds. But it's a different world. And it's, like, Eden, maybe, or something? I don't know. 
it, it, it so it goes from being just like kind of a run of the mill like science fiction thriller to being like what what did I what did I tell you the night it was like John McTiernan stops directing and like Kirk Cameron starts directing and it becomes like <laughs> Left Behind Part Two or something like that like it's just it, it's insane <clears throat> and like. I don't know my like I, I I'm I'm not like the most scientifically knowledgeable person, but it feels like really bad pseudoscience after a certain point, especially with like the solar flare like wiping out all life on Earth or whatever. Because if you were on the side of Earth that's facing away from it, wouldn't like the Earth absorb that radiation where it like wouldn't you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Who knows? I don't I don't I don't understand any of those things. So that's the well, movie. what I want to know. Why why were they albinos? Oh, I don't know. Just to make them identifiable, I think, like for you as the viewer, so you could tell, like, oh, that's a weird guy. Because I think you're. Well, what I'm saying is, it feels anti anti albino. Well, maybe they're bleached white by the sun. Okay. I don't know. I mean, whatever. Look, because I think it's supposed to make you think it's going to be like more of a horror movie at first. Like that's the thing is, it's got like that. I don't know, like that kind of like pseudo like horror vibe to it okay like what what are these why was this like little girl crazy and writing these numbers down what was influencing it like there's some like maybe supernatural element at play and it is but it's supernatural like that it's basically like space angels like saving the children of the earth there's also like all these little mentions about how terrible like the world is and stuff like that and how bad things have gotten. Like they, what's the what? what, what having not seen it, hmm. what do you think the point of this movie is? What was this movie trying to do? I think it's supposed to be like a pseudo religious like, I don't know, something. Because it feels like somewhere underneath all this nonsense is. Some sort of possibly epistemological like like theme or statement that's being made about basically stop trying to know things. Oh, maybe. Except that it wants you to know things because that's why, like, the only way that these... Well, no, I guess the kids would have gotten saved anyway because the albinos would have kidnapped them. It's, um... Alex Proyas directed it. Oh, he did, like, the... Was he an Alien vs. Predator director or something the like Crow, that? The Crow, Dark City iRobot oh that guy yeah yeah yeah. okay um, yeah yeah that's okay so a guy that's got some like decent movies at least to his credit sure yeah um did the gods of egypt thing which is i wish nicholas cage had been in that because that movie is insane like that movie's so bad but really funny um nicholas cage is actually like i know i was making fun of him but he's actually pretty decent in this movie like it's a a moderately restrained nicholas cage performance like he's not like all like flailing arms and bugging eyes you know what i mean right. like it, he's just kind of acting like a person sure and um rose Byrne, who plays the the woman oh rose Byrne is the um the love interest gotcha okay. oh so that's the other thing too is that one of the things that i'm finding out about nicholas cage is that when nicholas cage is in a movie he will make sure that he is in some kind of romantic relationship with a m- much more attractive younger woman And so that's the thing here, although it's a little more believable because he's like, like right now he's like this bloated waxen thing. Like he doesn't look like a human being anymore, really. So it's a lot less believable now. But in this, like kind of believable that like, and especially because of the circumstances, like she would be, 
not that they like engage in any kind of romantic relationship but it's sort of implied that like they're attracted to each other right um other movies that we'll talk about in the next few weeks like it's completely implausible that the women that he's with are would be with him I mean, Rose Byrne is very attractive, but she also is kind of, she just looks a little bit like the girl next door. So, I mean, yeah. I think that. And she's like that here, too. Sure. Yeah. I mean, she's a woman that grew up with, like, a crazy mother. The premise of it, crazy yeah. mother, and she's just trying to be a good mom herself. And right. she's afraid that, like, she'll be crazy or her daughter will be crazy. And yeah. so she's initially, like, repulsed by the idea of Nicolas Cage trying to drag her into this nonsense. But then immediately just like, well, here we are at your house. Like, let's. Let's go solve this mystery. Right. <clears throat> um, so it's not a good movie, really, but it's also not a terrible movie. Like, it, sound, it sounds to me, from your description, like it was good to a certain point. It's Like it was engaging to a certain point. It's engaging 100% of the way through, <laughs> but it stops being engaging because you're actually interested in figuring the mystery out and switches immediately to be engaging because you're so dumbfounded by what's happening that you have to see like how ridiculous it gets if that makes sense that's my godzilla on a skateboard it's like oh here's this normal movie that i can kind of like recognize tropes and ideas that are happening and then like oh my god what the fuck is happening in this movie yeah which is pretty impressive to like but that's alex proyas like he's insane with that kind of stuff um and he loves the idea of like i don't know whatever like subverting expectation even though he fails at it a lot um, so I don't know if I would ever recommend that anybody watch it, but it was fun. Like if, you know, you just happen to see a pop up on your, you know, in prime and you've got whatever it was like an hour and 50 minutes to kill. Like this movie was an hour and 50 minutes. I think it's pretty long. Yeah. I don't remember. It felt really long. Well, cause remember, like, I mean, I just spent 20 minutes describing it. It's two hours long. I'm sorry. Two hours and one minute. I okay. just looked it up. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not worth you watching it. <laughs> You mean you as in the uh, anyone in the listener anyone yes okay the special effects in it are really bad too and it really it's like it feels very it, it feels very direct to video for two thousand and nine even though it made almost two hundred million dollars like worldwide really yeah it was like one hundred and eighty eight million was as gross huh. against a budget of fifty really and a lot of that had to be Nicolas Cage because like I mean, I nothing. I, I vaguely remember the title of this movie. I don't think I saw the trailer, but this was right around the time I really just stopped watching movies. Yes. Yeah. So, so I I watched this movie initially because I thought this movie was the movie next, which also stars Nicolas Cage, and also has an element of like precognition. Or yeah, something. precognition sort of in it, and it is not next. But I also watched next, so we'll talk about next at some point too. Will we talk about next next? Um, it wasn't what I watched next. Oh, okay. So we'll probably have to, well, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to do them chronologically and how I watch them. How you them. watch them? Okay. Otherwise I might forget like some subtle nuance of a movie. You understand when we get like to like March, you're not going to remember, you're going to watch these movies over again because you're not going to remember them. No, I'll, they're, some of them I'll remember. <laughs> they like burn into your mind. If I just look at a plot description, I'll remember enough of it. Yeah, there's, and look, a couple of them have been decent. You know, right. like surprisingly so. But man, I cannot wait to get to the bad ones. This was a. This is one of the better ones. I'll say that, that I've seen so far. Oh, really? And I still would say you probably shouldn't watch it. <laughs> All right, it's kind of like how we determined last night. So this is like the middle of the pack. Yes. So what we determined last night about Tom Cruise's cocktails right. right in the middle of the pack. Right. This. Well, I mean, I've I've probably seen like. 
No, I'm sorry. We didn't determine that. We determined that cocktail is just at the very bottom of the better top, the top half of Tom Cruise. Yes. That's what we did. Yeah. What what did we say? Tom Cruise has been in like 49 movies. Yes. And cocktail was like two of them are unreleased. And it was like, yeah. And yeah, cocktail ended up like barely making it to the top half of his movies. Yes. This is like, I mean, I've seen maybe like 40 Nick Cage movies in my life and I got 60 more to watch now. Yeah. To get to his whole cinematic. And I'm probably gonna have to watch some of the ones I've seen before over again. Right. But I've also seen like Wicker Man like three times, so because that movie's awful. That's it's 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 actually not no, it's not it's not even funny. It's like the YouTube compilation. Yes, other people editing that movie yes, to be is, funny is, is funny. Right, watching mo- that movie watching is not dreadful. funny. It's just well, we talked about it last year. Yeah, it was on the, the, on worst the worst remake remakes. horror made yeah. remakes. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that one then. No, we do not. We talked about it already. And I don't know that we need to talk about something like raising Arizona. You know, we probably well, don't even need to talk about like. Yeah, if you can help it, you will never talk about raising Arizona. It'll never in be your on a list life. unless it's like movies that it'll everyone be, loves that Frank hates. It'll be well, yeah, or or it'll be a third man type thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And like, I I actually would like. I don't want to talk about The Rock. I'd probably like talking about Con Air because Con Air is so ridiculous. There's so many things in Con Air that make me angry. See, I, I keep my stomach keeps dropping sometimes because I'm thinking like, oh, I got to no, I don't have to watch it. I don't have to watch it. Yeah. I keep thinking I'm going to have to. I don't make me watch Con Air. It's like it's, it's only me. Yeah, okay. it's fine, though, because it's fun. And I think at the end, like, even if I only we only get through like 20 or so of these yeah. movies this year, like it's still I'm, be like I'm, funny. I, I'm interested. I'm, I'm hoping to be able to like maybe like uh, through your ventures, like piece together the puzzle of. Nick Cage, Nick Cage yeah. a little bit more because because you're doing all kinds of like research into like his life and stuff right too, like I try and read like, about what was happening at right, that time yeah. and like the product like I look into the production yeah. of these movies and try yeah. and figure out like why did this movie because so knowing was in development hell for like a decade basically like there was a bunch of different directors attached to it and it got sold from whoever like owned the rights to it to this like smaller production company and then Proyas got like attached to it and that's how it got made. Hmm. Um oh man. Did Proyas do that sand what the the what, what's the what's that the, what's the Sands of Time game thing? Oh, um Prince of Persia. Yeah, did he do that? I don't think so, maybe. It feels like something he would do. When I looked up his filmography when I was after watching this, I ha- realized I hadn't seen like no, he didn't. Okay. He did a movie called Garage Days that I'm not familiar did with. Goyer maybe do um Oh yeah, that might be David, David Goyer. Goyer or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's possible. And then that Gods of Egypt movie, which mm. I don't know. That, that yeah. that's a movie that I think everyone needs to experience at some point just because it's so okay. insane and so bad. So what's next on the Quick Cage next week? Um I think next week we're actually gonna talk about a good Nick Cage movie, oh, which okay. is called The Frozen Ground. Okay. It's like a two thousand twelve or thirteen um docudrama based on like a true like a real serial killer okay with him and um john cusack oh okay i haven't heard that name in a while feels like i guess it's the con air reunion (sighs) now okay all right are you (laughs) so no no recommendation for this movie oh no 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 don't don't watch it don't watch it okay all right just yeah just listen to this i guess unless you really like the left behind series and then i think you'll be pleasantly surprised Spoiler right. alert. I mean, that definitely sounds like what 
just from your synopsis, which is prejudiced and biased to some degree, like in the way that you presented it, but it certainly sounds like that's what it was about. Right. Only because like, it was if like that's stop, your... stop asking questions. Right. And accept the fact that the albino like aliens are going to like right. save you because like... the rapture with the crystal dicks is going to come no matter whether you try and <laughs> right. stop it or not. Right. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for watching that. So Thank other you. people don't have to. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good night. Yep.